You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Sunday, January 8th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life is a Human online magazine. Life is a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at www.lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, just click on Topics at the top right and find us listed under Pets. A complete archive of all of the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco. Where the pets go. Petco. Where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Hi, I'm Angelina. Join me for some great training tips to live a happy, healthy, peaceful life together with your best friend. And by the way, they're not the only ones that learn something new. Join me for Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. Some dogs won't work for food. As a dog trainer, 
I'm always amazed when I hear dog owners tell me that their dog is not interested in food. I am a mark and reward trainer, and that would take away one of the most obvious and easiest rewards I can use to help me teach my dog. But there seems to be a paradox here. If the dog is not interested in food, then what happens at mealtime? In fact, most of the dogs I've met, whose owners claim they won't work for food rewards, are not exactly malnourished. In fact, it's often the opposite. All dogs eat. So there can only be a few reasons that a dog won't make some effort to get the food their trainer is offering. Either they are simply not hungry when the food is offered, for example, they just had a meal, or they just don't like what's being offered. Assuming that this is a normal dog who is hungry and that I have a yummy bit of food like cheese or roast beef, it shouldn't be hard for me to get them to take the treat. Could there be other reasons the dog might refuse food other than a distaste for what's being offered or not being hungry? To answer that question, we need to look at the work of Ivan Pavlov. Pavlov's work in the early 20th century laid the groundwork for what is now called classical conditioning in psychology. In short, classical conditioning deals with the association of previously unconnected objects or events in the mind of a subject. The simplest and perhaps most useful example of classical conditioning is our dog's name. Prior to living with us, my dog had no meaning for the word Tira, but we've said it thousands of times to her, and we always interact with her in some way. Maybe it's to let her out or ask for a behavior, but there is a reason for her to give us her attention. So now, when she hears Tira, she will come to us or look in our direction. That's intentional conditioning. I want that association to be there so I can use it in the future. But there is also unintentional conditioning that goes on. Our dogs are aware of their environment at all times and, just like other animals, are constantly working out what's going on in their world. The noise of the cookie jar brings our dogs running into the kitchen. The jingle of a leash being taken out can signal a walk. Even putting on the right pair of shoes could signal to a dog that a car ride is coming. This unintentional conditioning can have some unfortunate consequences if we don't manage it well. If a dog is threatened or frightened, it may make an association with something in the environment they believe is related. If my dog sees a red towel and is startled by a loud noise at the same time, she could suddenly become wary of red towels. Some classical associations take longer to form, but they are no less powerful. If a dog is scolded every time he enters a particular area or goes near a particular object, that dog may form a negative association with that place or object. In fact, many professional dog trainers are called in to work with dogs who have developed just such phobias. Fortunately, there are many safe and humane techniques that can be used to successfully treat these problems. Desensitization tries to provide a positive experience with a feared place or object while gradually increasing its intensity. Counterconditioning is a method that attempts to replace an unwanted response to an object or situation, for example barking, running away, or cowering, with a more desirable behavior by rewarding any occurrence of the new behavior such as looking at the owner or sitting quietly. One of the most important topics being discussed in behavioral training for dogs has been poisoned cues. 
A poisoned cue is a command or cue that has taken on both a positive and negative meaning for the dog. For example, if I teach my dog to sit by rewarding them, this creates a positive association. Every time the dog hears sit, she knows there is an opportunity for a reward. If the trainer begins to punish the dog for being bad by demanding sit and then scolding the dog, the cue sit now takes on a second, unpleasant meaning. The trainer could find that soon the dog is no longer responding to the sit cue or doing so only reluctantly. The cue has been poisoned. The dog can no longer be certain if they will be rewarded or scolded if they sit. So, what does all of this classical conditioning? And poison cue business have to do with why dogs might not work for food. Well, the natural association dogs have with food is a positive one. It tastes good, and it sets off positive biochemical processes in their bodies. Many trainers also use food to teach behaviors by luring a dog to follow the hand which holds food. When the dog performs the desired behavior, the trainer rewards them with the treat that they were following. So, an offered hand can become a cue to a dog that treats are available. We also use words like cookies, treats, nummies, etc., to let the dog know that there are treats available to them to get their cooperation. Can we poison those cues for food? You bet we can. I cannot tell you the number of times I have seen a desperate dog owner jam their hand in their empty pocket and yell. Cookies to get their dog to come to them at the park. When the dog comes running back, they are grabbed by the collar and clipped to the leash. Fooled ya! Instead of the promised cookie, playtime is over and they have to leave the park. Is it any wonder I may see the same dog owner at the park in future yelling "cookies" to a dog who is standing warily just out of reach, trying to decide if there really is a cookie or not? These kinds of fakeouts are useful in the moment, but they could be doing long-term damage to your communication with your dog. You may be unintentionally poisoning that cookies cue, and once you demonstrate that you can fake your dog out with one cue, why wouldn't your dog start suspecting all of the other cues you've taught them? They might, or they might not. That depends on how often you fake them out, I suppose. Also. Consider that our dogs are aware of more than just the immediate moment. It is one thing to teach your dog to go into a crate and reward them; it is quite another to lure your dog to you and then grab them, put them in the crate, and toss the treat in afterwards. Those kinds of payoffs rarely erase the memory of the unpleasant event. Most dogs do not like being grabbed, so your dog may make an association between that offered treat and the unpleasant experience of being grabbed. The same can be said of being lured into the car for a trip to the vet, where they may be afraid. In fact, luring a dog into any situation that they would prefer to avoid could lead to poisoning that food lure. Gene Donaldson, director of the San Francisco SPCA Academy for Dog Trainers and author of several popular books on dog training, commented here at a seminar in Victoria, B.C. that quote. If you can't train a dog with food, you're an incompetent trainer. Unquote. And I agree with her. Biology makes food a very powerful reward for teaching our dogs. All dogs eat, and all dogs enjoy eating. But used improperly, you can see how food could turn into a warning signal for the dog. Not all food is good food, 
even if it tastes good. There may be a price to pay for that treat you are offering. Often, when I work with dog owners who say their dog won't work for food, I am careful to watch for the dynamics in their relationship. Is the owner a dependable and clear communicator? Does the dog look like she trusts the owner? Do the dog and owner look comfortable together? While it may be that the dog is not hungry, or the food treat isn't one the dog particularly likes, often there is some other dynamic at play. Fool your dog enough, and they won't trust you. Force your dog enough, and they might not react so well to bribes of food. As animal trainer Bob Bailey says, Pavlov is always on our shoulder. Our dogs are always paying attention and making their decisions about our behavior. Classical conditioning is always acting on our dogs. We can use that to our benefit or ignore it at our peril. Once we create a negative association for our dog with getting food treats, the road back can be a long one. So maybe think twice the next time you consider luring your dog into something they don't really want to do. You may get what you want from them this time, but what are the long term consequences of that approach? Are you turning that food lure into a warning signal for your dog? Or, more importantly, are you teaching your dog that you don't always mean what you say? It's something to think about. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this installment of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at www.lifeisahuman.com. Just click Topics at the top right and find us listed under Pets. Or click Authors and click on my name, Eric Brad, to find this and previous articles. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on possum gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Betty White, what's the number one pet radio network in the world? Pet Life Radio. Season Milan, the dog whisperer. What radio network has over 5 million monthly listeners and over 50 pet talk shows? Pet Life Radio. Rachel Ray, where is the best place to reach potential customers if you have a pet business? Pet Life Radio. Put your business in front of over 5 million pet parents with a radio ad on Pet Life Radio, the award-winning number one pet radio network on the planet. Call our sales department today. Toll free at 877-385-8882. That's 877-385-8882. Or email us at sales at PetLifeRadio.com. Steve Wozniak, if Apple was a pet business, where would you advertise your eye leash? On PetLife Radio.